is the black box. Emergency response executive Ken Jenkins draws from his years of experience in deployment, logistics, planning, and after-action analysis to take you inside the black box. Now, here's Ken Jenkins. Welcome to the Black Box. I'm your host, Ken Jenkins. Today we're going to discuss what I think is a hot topic within aviation and other industries, safety management systems. And specifically, we're going to delve into how safety management systems, or otherwise known as SMS, may help you build a more robust emergency response plan. I brought in a resident expert on SMS. My guest today is Mr. Mike Keppel. He's president of Keppel Aviation Safety Consultants. He is formerly the safety partner with American Airlines for a number of years and previous to American Airlines worked for the renowned airline TWA. Mike, welcome. Thanks, Ken. Glad to be here. Thanks for being with us today. So, Mike, um, I've I've built you up, the resident expert on SMS, and um, we need your expertise. Um, Well, I'll share what I can provide. And I appreciate that because... When we worked together at American Airlines, uh, our departments, our my department, emergency response fell into safety, which was somewhat unusual, I thought, because we really didn't have much to do with safety. We were the responding department when something went wrong, and your team, uh, through internal evaluation processes and, and whatnot, did their best to keep the airline safe. So I want to take some of the things that I gleaned from you and have you tied into emergency response for us. So as we get started, would you review some of the basic uh, safety management system methodology or or purpose for uh, everyone listening? Right. Well, safety programs have been around for a long time. But what the safety management system process does is that it formalizes safety programs Uh, with the basic goal of avoiding accidents and incidents. In other words, typically when there's an event, there's a series of things that occur as precursors to the event. It's not a single thing that leads to the event. And so the goal of the safety management system is to break the chain of events and hopefully avoid the event altogether. Would that be an event? Well, it sounds like that's an event that's already occurred. From a proactive standpoint, then how does SMS enter the game? Well, SMS is a way for you to identify within your organization various key safety performance indicators and to monitor monitor those indicators over a period of time, looking for trends, and most important thing is to identify the risk associated with any hazard or potential hazard and then mitigating that risk before it actually turns into an event. Now, if an event occurs, then there is a post-event analysis that is completed, and it's basically the same thing where you identify root cause, contributing factors, and then go in and assess the risk, and then obviously mitigate those risks or eliminate them completely. So, Mike, with all that said, it sounds like, I mean, your work and the work of the, of, of the folks within safety that are performing these process checks and whatnot, you're touching on a lot of different organizations or functional departments within an organization. Is that correct? That is correct. The real goal of a safety management system is communication and coordination throughout the entire organization. So you're right. At one point, you're going to touch virtually every operating department. So how important is the sharing of information then with information that you find uh, systems and processes that need improvement or enhancements uh, or maybe even just need to be created from scratch? How does that work within SMS? 
Well, one of the components of uh, a safety management system is safety promotion. And within safety promotion, it's sharing of information that you've learned. It's sharing the trends that you've identified, keeping a risk register or something that identifies the various risks that have been identified, then communicating that to the appropriate organizations and to others, maybe outside the immediate organization or department as necessary to try and, to try and make sure that mitigation stays in place and that the hazard doesn't reoccur. So within the aviation industry, I know there's been a strong push on SMS, primarily from the Federal Aviation Agency. Can you share how the FAA has gotten involved uh, with SMS over the years and where we stand now between commercial aviation and the FAA with regards to SMS? Well, SMS is not unique to just the FAA. It's it's a worldwide approach. And in fact, I believe it had its genesis in Canada and in Europe before it even migrated over to the United States. But the FAA is very keen on on the SMS and the structure. In fact, it is a regulation now. And and so they look for actually there's there's five basic components that uh, that are are in in the structure itself. One is having a viable safety policy in place. The second we've already touched on it is identification of hazards and and mitigating risk or we call that safety risk management. Then there is the safety assurance process, which is a formalized method of going in and evaluating, as you mentioned, internal uh, evaluation programs are part of the uh, safety assurance process. But mostly, too, in SMS, you want to make sure that you've got a viable, working, effective SMS. So that would be part of safety assurance. We touched on safety promotion, which is communication. It also includes training. And then last but not least is documenting your results and good solid record keeping. And on the documentation, actually all five of those are certainly key components as you mentioned, but on the documentation and record keeping, uh, what is the data retention policy like for that? Does that vary from airline to airline or industry to industry or is there a regulation around the data retention? The data retention policy is not real specific, but obviously you want to keep all the results of your, your risk identification uh, there are various electronic tools, data-keeping methods that are out there, and you want to retain those things for future and, and reference in the past of what has occurred. So with, with these five key components, uh, we're going to take a break here in a second, Mike, but when we come back, I'm going to talk about some of those components in more detail and then really take some of the things that, that you've laid out for us in terms of SMS, those key components in the methodology, and swing them over from the safety perspective, so to speak, to emergency response, when an event actually occurs, how can we incorporate some of those processes that you mentioned to make our emergency response plans more robust? And we'll pick that up right after the break. Buckle up. More of The Black Box is next on RNCN. You're tuned in to The Black Box with Ken Jenkins on RNCN. And and welcome back. Our guest today is Mike Keppel, president of Keppel Aviation Safety Consultants. And we're speaking today on and talking about safety management systems and how they can enhance and make more robust your emergency response plan. Before the break, Mike and I were discussing, or actually Mike was sharing with us, the five key components 
to the safety uh, to an effective safety management system. Mike, I want to I want to pick your brain on a couple of those. Um, the five that you mentioned were safety policy, safety risk management, safety assurance, safety promotion, and documentation and record keeping. And I'd like to to ask you a question or two about in the integration of safety risk management and safety assurance, specifically with emergency response planning. And here's my questions. I'll kind of lay it out for you. The safety risk management process uh, overall provides for initial identification of hazards and assessment of risk, I think is what you shared with us. And the safety assurance function then at some point will take over to ensure the risk controls are being practiced to achieve their intended objectives. My question is, from an emergency response standpoint, where if you don't have an emergency, say a plane crash, for example, how does the ER department identify their hazards and assessment of risk, where their holes are in their plan, and the the ability to respond adequately to their plan? Well, my, my first inclination would be to say that obviously obviously you have a documented uh, plan and it's well-maintained, but you have to rehearse the plan. And that rehearsal must be done at a corporate level and then also at the station level. And when we talk about holes in the plan, typically the rehearsals will identify weaknesses uh, and areas that could use some improvement. Uh, the other piece is things like training programs to make sure that the people that are involved in a response are properly trained and to look at the documentation associated with the training to identify any weaknesses or potential areas there that need improvement. And so there are many things of that nature that can be done. Another is in the command center, or some people refer to it as a war room, to make sure that it's in a constant state of readiness, that the technology that's inside that room is working and functional, and that the support equipment and supplies are there and are plentiful and ready to go, and that other people that support the organization during a response, like IT, understand their role and they're prepared to be there on a moment's notice if the war room or command center is activated. And, and uh, those are all good tips, and I appreciate you sharing those, and we're going to delve into some of those maybe in a little more detail. Uh, something that you said made me think of this, and that was before the break, we were talking about the safety management system, the, the overall process, and how it might uh, touch or integrate with other departments. And I would see the same thing in emergency response as well. Um, during our tenure at American, or at least I know in my tenure there from 1982 to when I left in 2008, we had uh, eight fatality events between 1994 and 2004. And I looked at that, in, in hindsight, I looked at that as kind of our, our SMS, and that with each response, when we came back from that response, we were able to perform many of the things we didn't know we were performing SMS at the time, looking at our systems and our processes and, and trying to tweak those to make them more effective. Um, my question is, for those items that are, and, and you and I both know that ER plans are, are very robust and fluid, right? They're gonna change with the circumstances, but on those key tasks that are always going to be performed, whether it's in an airline emergency response or some other organization, can't they find ways, or how do they find ways to identify the hazards to make sure they don't fall into the dark abyss? Well, again, the rehearsal is one key, but there are other things you can do beyond the rehearsals, and certainly uh, go kits and things like that. 
we have lists for products that are to be in the go kits. Those can be inspected and make sure that they're ready and functional. And and uh, other other things of that particular nature that are a little bit more tangible, then you can go out and take a good look at those and try to identify any potential risk that may exist there. From a feed pre- feedback perspective, um, you know, I, I know you were talking about uh, training programs and drills and whatnot. How critical is it to have an independent uh, organization, whether it be IEP and within safety or another group within the airline that's not affiliated possibly with the ER team to come in and provide that feedback? It, should it be somebody that's close to the, the, the processes or somebody that's independent of it that can provide that feedback objectively? Well, that actually happens. Uh, you mentioned the internal evaluation program, and as you are well aware from our past experiences, uh, the IEP uh, would come in and take a look at the emergency response plan and look at it from several different perspectives. And many of the things that I just mentioned, uh, is it well documented, is it rehearsed, uh, are the go kits ready, are people properly trained, do people know their roles, are contact numbers at stations current and up to date. Uh, those types of things are being looked at by the internal evaluation program. But then you mentioned outside reviews, and there are outside reviews typically that take place in an airline, such as the uh, uh, IOSA review, which takes place every two years. And they do also look at the emergency response program uh, for its overall robustness and to make sure that it has all the signs that it would be effective if it had to be put into use. Okay. Well, and I appreciate you sharing information about IOSA, which is is great within the aviation industry for organizations uh, or non-aviation organizations. uh, uh, What would your suggestion be for them? Well, there are organizations that you can hire outside of your company to come in and look. I'm not familiar what they are for other industries, but there are independent organizations that can come in and, and conduct an outside review and provide an analysis. But to, to go back to the feedback part of it, that is just absolutely critical. The success of an SMS is all about not just doing the evaluation and assessing the risk, but it's providing the feedback and then applying everything that you've learned in the SMS applying that to program improvements are continual improvement. Excellent, Mike. Thank you very much. We're going to take another break, Mike, and when we come back, let's talk more about the benefits of SMS and emergency response and also have you share a case study or two uh, regarding SMS. We'll do that as soon as we come back from the break. More of The Black Box coming up. tight you're listening to the black box on rncm as we were leaving for break mike keppel president of keppel aviation safety consultants was sharing with us how an er planner can incorporate safety management systems or sms into their processes Uh, some of those key learnings that he gave us were developing and maintaining a comprehensive emergency response plan communicating the plan throughout the organization certainly is key ensuring personnel are involved in the response or aware of their roles, that they receive adequate and routine training. And of course, rehearsing the plan is, is key. 
debriefing after drills to identify successes and areas for improvement and looking at that debrief not only from within the organization but maybe having an independent eye that provides feedback as well. And then learning from events of other airlines and other responders certainly are, are going to be key. And I thought it would be um, a really good time at this point after learning those things. Mike, um, I know you have a case study or two you'd like to share. Um, and the first one's about the um, U.S. Air 1549, or otherwise known as Miracle on the Hudson. What would you like to share? Well, that's a very interesting event because I think many people would look at it and say it was uh, unavoidable. It was an act of God, a freak of nature, perhaps hitting two birds and the two engines. And, and the end result um, may not have been preventable. Uh, but in advance of that event, there are some things that can be done as part of an SMS program. So, for example, the SMS would be asking questions like, do you have a wildlife mitigation plan at all the airports that you operate? You can evaluate whether or not those programs at the airports are actually in place and effective, and they're being exercised. Uh, make sure that you have a good pilot reporting system so that uh, when there are bird strikes or near misses, they're being reported and, and that information is captured. And then <clears throat> look at bird strike data for trends. We know that uh, there are certain migratory patterns and the migratory patterns are typical with the fall and spring. And so you know that those times of the year, perhaps the airport authorities need to increase their mitigation programs uh, and communicate with flight crews when we know the areas of increased risk. And certainly up in that New York area, uh, there is a lot of, a lot of uh, migration taking place in the fall and then the spring. And then closely coordinate with airport authorities. One, one interesting case study that uh, is related to this, a few years ago uh, when working for a major airline, we had noticed that uh, the bird strike events had increased significantly in the summer which was a little bit out of sync with what we had seen in the past. But there was really a spike in a number of events. And it prompted us to go over and speak with the airport authority. And what we found out at DFW, it was during a period of high drought. And so the airport authority wasn't able to use their pyrotechnic devices that they would normally be using that time of year. And so therefore we had an increase in the bird population on the airport and that led to increased bird strike activity. So while the the, uh, the Hudson event may not have been totally preventable, the things that you can do before that event occurs would be to make sure that these programs are in place, and that would be uh, something that the SMS would look at uh, as part of their key performance indicators. Thank you, Mike, for sharing that. Really appreciate that. And, and tying that in with everything that we've talked about in the last 20 minutes or so, share with, with everyone overall, through your experience, and, and you have a lot of experience in commercial aviation and in safety, what are the overall benefits of SMS in, as it relates to emergency response? Well, I think the biggest, the biggest benefit of an SMS uh, is that it ties together lots of safety programs that may have been in place in the past, but it really puts them into a formalized setting where people are looking at potential hazards, assessing the risk, making sure the risk mitigation programs are effective, 
and and then communication within your organization, updating training programs, introducing new technology if need be. But it's a very formalized approach to making all that happen. And with regard to the emergency response program, you know, we all hope that we never have to activate those plans. That would be the perfect world. But things do happen. And so what we can do is be proactive in breaking the chain of events or looking for causal factors that lead to a catastrophic event. And then we can make sure that the program, if the bell rings, is ready to go and all the people that are involved that will be properly trained know their role and it will lead to a quick and timely and factual conclusion. Mike, thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. I, I really appreciate it, and, and I, I really want to focus on two words that I heard you mention, and those were causal factors, and, and that's where I see uh, personally the importance of SMS with regards to uh, emergency response in that we poke holes in the plan, look at the things that are going to cause us heartache uh, uh, or work well for us, and try to mitigate those risks ahead of time. As we wrap up this episode of The Black Box, I'm reminded of a quote from Marion Blakey, who was a former administrator of the Federal Aviation Administration, and she said that SMS is a rigorous and formalized approach to identifying hazards, assessing the related risk, and identifying and prioritizing the best way to intervene. Then we measure the effectiveness of our actions. It is a continuous loop. And I thank Marion for that because I think sometimes we forget it's a continuous loop. It is always a work in progress. It is a living document, and we should all be working on it on a daily basis. I hope this episode of The Black Box provided you with a new perspective and how you approach your emergency response plan with regards to safety management systems. If you'd like more information on this topic or safety management systems, please email me at theblackbox at kenjenkinsllc.com. Until next time, be safe. For more information on the Black Box with Ken Jenkins, visit us online at kenjenkinsllc.com or find us on Facebook and Twitter. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio.